This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. know, you have to have your own experience with the Lord to receive Him. You, you can't live off of, your salvation can't come because your family always went to church. Your salvation doesn't come to you because you identify with a certain denomination or religion. It comes to you when you have an encounter, your own experience with the living Christ, with the living Lord. You have to encounter Him. And He's the pursuer, but you have to open your heart to Him and listen. To receive God, you have to have a personal encounter with Him. He will always seek you, but you're the one who has to make the choice of accepting Him. In today's message, Pastor Troy explores what it means to fully trust in God, and he hopes to teach you to call on the Lord for everything in your life. God loves to hear from you, no matter how small your issue. Because Jesus came to earth to eventually die on the cross for your sins, we can boldly approach the throne room of God through prayer. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of Luke chapter 2 as he continues his message, O Hectic Night. Let God be God. Trust Him. Let go and trust Him. We can do that. What's going to happen in 2022 with our government? I don't know, but I, I know we can trust the Lord. What's going to happen in 2024? I don't know, but we can trust the Lord. You know, my hope is we won't even be here. I won't have to worry about it. Amen. But if not, in fact, let's give him a moment. If he wants to take us right now, <laughs> the sooner the better for me. My kids, they don't think that way. When you're younger, you know, you're thinking, oh, I got I, I to gotta get married. Like, like, that's the best thing. Not to say, we have a great relationship now. <laughs> We have a watch out. We have a wonderful relationship. But uh, you could ask anyone who's been married more than six weeks. It's not everything you built it up to be. There are challenges. And there are things you didn't think about. So if it's your highest goal, like, please don't come, Lord, until I experience marriage or the birth of a child or whatever it is. One generation is going to have to give it up. <laughs> Let's let it be this one. Let's go for it. I'm ready. So he, they had an invitation to see. You know, it's December 24th for us, and we celebrate Christmas on December 25th. There are books written about when Jesus was actually born. I don't know when he was actually born, but I can tell you this. It probably wasn't in December. Because after mid-October, shepherds in that area didn't tend their flocks by night. Because of the coolness of the nights, arrangements were different. And so it's a date that's been passed down by tradition. There are all sorts of debates and fights. We're not going to start any of those. The truth is that doesn't matter. 
What matters is that he did come. We have a date. We celebrate that date, whatever it is. And we celebrate not because of that date, but because of what happened. That the Messiah came. The one who was promised, he came. So there was an invitation to see that. And second, there was an invitation for peace. Um, Notice it's for all people. This is such a significant event that multitudes of heavenly hosts announce it and praise God because of it. This would emphasize to the shepherds, because of this heavenly host, that even though Jesus, when they see him, appears as just a a baby, like when they show up, there's going to be nothing majestic about this scene. They're going to look poor, in fact. I mean, no place to stay. But when they go in there, they will be able to remember this is a significant event, not because of the scene. You know, Mary didn't have a glow. Jesus didn't have a light, backlighting him and stuff like that, things piercing out or anything like that. Wasn't born with a crown on his head or anything. So when they go in, it's just a normal scene. But what they will remember is a heavenly host of angels celebrated this. This is a big deal. So this would emphasize to them that there was cause for praising. I think it's a shame that there are some groups who, for whatever reason, see no reason. And I'm talking religious groups, some who would even identify as Christian religious groups, who will say that they don't celebrate Christmas. They don't celebrate a holiday like this or the birth of Christ because um, the birth of Christ, even the angels announced it, heralded it, and said this was an important day. It's important because a promise was kept. And we're holding on to the promise. Notice this peace is toward men. It's a peace and goodwill toward men. So it doesn't mean peace on earth. So when, when the angels announce this, and sometimes in our Christmas cards we get it wrong, we're thinking peace on earth. That's not what was offered here. If you look around, there's not peace on earth. If you get in traffic, there's not peace on earth. If you go into those stores and try to fight for that last whatever, there's not peace on earth. And that's not what was offered. What was offered was peace and goodwill toward men. So toward is directional. Toward men. Mankind. Women, you're included. We're not, it's, it's just the way the Bible puts it. Mankind covers us all. So peace on earth toward us from where? Well, obviously from God. This is an offer of peace from him to us. Because see, without Christ, without forgiveness in our life, without doing business with God, receiving his forgiveness, we are actually at war with God. We're enemies. You may not feel like you're an enemy. I don't have anything against him. But you are, because see, his desire is to rule and to reign. But you're saying, I don't want him in my life. That makes you an enemy. Jesus painted that picture for us, by the way. On Palm Sunday, when he was about to enter, he tells this parable of the minas, not the little fish. uh, Like money you, you might invest And he said, he gave some, a little, some more, and he said, go and invest it. And then he talks about those who invested a little, 
offerings. You know, shame on you. You should have invested. You should have poured yourself in. And the ones who, who invested and did so abundantly, he said, hey, awesome job. But then he talked to those who said, we don't want him to reign over us. Basically, they said, we don't want to do what he wants. We don't want him to rule our lives, and we're going to do it our way. Like, the, like at the fall, what happened at the fall. He said, bring those individuals here before me and slay them before me, because they would not have me be king over them. So when you won't let him rule, when you won't let him be part of your life and guide you, you're an enemy. And so what God did, because before Christ and without faith in him, we were enemies, doing things our own way, doing what we thought was right. But God offered peace to mankind. In Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, we read this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is in an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. This world will never have the peace that they're seeking But you can have peace with God. You can have peace with God today. So this great invitation was given to the shepherds and they responded and given to all of us once Christ raised and sent his disciples out. Look at verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You can only imagine how Mary must have felt hearing all of this. The birth was, was natural. I mean, uh, this is like now, so many have done this before. And I'm not even in the greatest of environments. I'm not at home. It seems like the world is against me. The government is against me. And Mary's just pondering these things. Here come these shepherds praising the Lord. Didn't even send kings. The Magi would come later. Much later, months to some say years, a couple of years later. And, and there's evidence for that because they're in a, a cave, basically, right now. But by the time the Magi come, they're able to come to a home that they're already in. They took up residence there. So it was sometime later. So she ponders these things in her heart. That was a lot for that young woman. To handle. Now we think, uh, you know, how mature Mary was. Do you realize that she was probably around 14, 15 years old? I mean, at that time, when you're raised without video games <laughs> and Facebook and iPhones, and when you're raised without all of that to distract you, 
so that you actually do what's needed and you don't have all the electrical appliances to do most of it for you so that you can use the other electrical appliance, the TV, that you actually work a lot and fellowship is around work, pretty much. You're working to get water. You're working to do certain things. You're working to cook and prepare the next meal or get the next meal. And you're, you're revolving life around the essentials that you grow up responsible. You understand the need if, if Mary had been given a little video game, she would go off to the side and go, I need to be drawing water. There's things I need to be helping with. Without me, they miss a whole body of help. And so they grew up more mature back then. 14 years old today could not do what a 14-year-old back then could do. I'm sorry, 14-year-olds. It's not all your fault. But she was a very mature young woman. This was a lot to take in. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second half of today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. If you're enjoying the teachings of Pastor Troy Neely and would like more information about this program, we invite you to visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. There you'll find an archive of previous messages from the verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the books of the Bible. We'd also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, as you'll be able to gain access to the latest teachings as soon as they're posted. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We're blessed to be a part of your life through the teachings of this program, and we pray you're blessed as you continue to tune in. Now, back to Pastor Troy with more of today's message. Verse 20, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. That's the exciting thing is when God speaks to your heart, you go, you see the sign and you experience the sign and you go, man, God is so awesome. That's been so what's so wonderful is we look at our Bibles and we look at history unfold. We look at what happened during this time when Jesus came. We look at the restoration of Israel as a nation in 1948. We go, whoa, that's miraculous. That's amazing. I can't believe it. The Bible's on track. We look at the things that are going on around us today. And though we go, you know, we're torn. It's like, oh, I hate it. I hate this stuff. But then we go, but this is what the Bible says. Do we want our Bibles to be wrong just so I can be happy? And so it's exciting. We're living in important, significant times historically, biblically. These are exciting things. Who would have ever thought that some of the things that we hear from people in significant places where smart people are supposed to be, that we would hear some of the things that we hear nowadays? It's like baffling. How did we get here? And how did we get here so fast? We need a transformation. And that's what's going to happen one day. That's why Jesus came. That's the promise was all about. God could see this upon the fall. He knew man was going to get messed up. Twice, really, if you think about it. At least twice. Because the first time we did it so fast, God judged the entire world by a flood. And we were rapid then. And then finally, he confuses the languages. And apparently, that caused us to take a lot longer to destroy things. But here we are again. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Because it's not about getting smarter. Or we would, man, we would have the world figured out by now. It's about 
God's timetable and the fact that we have sin in our hearts that causes destruction. The scripture says that the way is narrow and few are there who find it. Not that they have to search hard, they're just not willing. But the way is broad and many will be going that direction. So a transformation is necessary and a transformation is what we have. What happened to the... To the shepherds, well, first, in their transformation, the transformation is they experienced it. They experienced it for themselves. It says they came with haste. You know who else came with haste? Mary. When she got news that her her older cousin was with child, it says she made haste. And she got down there quickly to see if those things were so. Something about getting your news from angels really gets your attention. So they experience it because they responded to it. They see it. Bethlehem was not a very big town, um, but it was a very crowded town at that time. And it would be very hard to find with all the hustle and bustle and noise. And it wasn't like God was, um, unless they also got to see the star that was, was over him. But it doesn't seem that they were following the star. They saw that. They just somehow were able to find him. They heard about the child who was born. Small towns, news travels. And so they got to be there and experience it for themselves. You know, you have to have your own experience with the Lord to receive him. You you can't live off of, your salvation can't come because your family always went to church. Your salvation doesn't come to you because you identify with a certain denomination or religion. It comes to you when you have an encounter, your own experience, with the living Christ, with the living Lord. You have to encounter Him. And He's the pursuer, but you have to open your heart to Him and listen. We've described it this way before. It's the best description I've ever heard. It's like you have to let your heart, which is like a receiver, listen, slow down, tune in, be honest. And tune in like a radio receiver would. You tune in and you pick up that frequency. And then you can see videos or you can hear sounds. In the same way, we've got to slow down and we've got to listen. Because he's there. Scripture says the heavens declare the glory of God. If we just look around, we would stop saying, all this just happened. Why would we believe that rather than God made everything? That it just happened. You know, I don't have the odds in front of me here, but imagine this. Would you ever say of a 747, that just happened? Like, they're trying to say happened in this world to create not just one life, but two lives with two different genders that could produce more of those lives on their own. That that just happened. We came from this soupy mix, which was liquid, so we were underwater before, and then somehow we became land. That was a hard one for me, too. How did we all of a sudden get lungs? You know, how did we go from underwater, soupy mix, to lungs? Did we just kind of come out every five minutes, go, <laughs> go back in until finally we evolved into bigger lungs? And then two genders and all. You know, to believe in that is kind of like believing in that a tornado would go through a trailer park and put together an operational Boeing 747. 
And that's, that's nothing compared to what we are. But, but people buy into that all the time. It takes greater faith to believe that. It really does. Because the heavens, everything shows order. Did you know that we copy everything God did? It's pretty good. I remember being an air-conditioned refrigeration technician in the military at one time. And before I'd cross-trained. And, and I remember working on the mechanics of it all and, and studying. And they showed us things like check valves and circuits. And I, I remember they kept using the check valves and everything that man invented, they copied from the body, the human body. We got check valves, you know, like the blood flows one way, it opens up, it closes so it doesn't backflow. We use those concepts everywhere. It's design. So when you look at the code in our bodies, when you look at nature, the heavens declaring the glory, you have to say there is an orderer, a designer. Not it just happened. Because things are getting worse. They're falling apart. They're not getting better, which meant at some point they were better and better and more right and more right and more ideal. So, you need to have your own experience with the Lord. If you haven't already, you can have that with Him. Today, just open your heart, listen, ask Him, be honest. All He requires of you is that you be honest with Him. That if He starts to speak to your heart, that you'll actually acknowledge Him, listen. So, they experienced it for themselves just as we need to. Then they expressed it. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. They didn't just express their experience. They also told what happened about the child. They told all about the child. One of the mistakes, Christians, that we make when we go out and try to share Christ with people is we often just share our experience, but we don't share the gospel. We don't share, well, what about Jesus? Who is he? Why do we need him? We just go, hey, when I came and I started going to church and I gave my life to Christ, everything got better. And they'll go, well, I want that. But they don't know the gospel. They don't know what has made their mess. The sin nature, the decisions they're making. Exactly. That was perfect. (laughs) They expressed it. And then after they left, they exalted God. What happened in their life, that experience caused them not to exalt themselves. They didn't go away going, man, we're awesome. And we are so good that we were there and we happened to see the angels and we did and what I did. And they didn't exalt themselves. It was like, look what God has done. That's when you know it's the Lord, when there's no way to exalt yourself. Because there's so many things that happen in our life where we could take a little bit of credit. But it's not that way when God does it. So the greatest gift that's ever been given the Lord. Peace with God. A price ultimately paid at the cross. It was a hectic night, but it was a night where sin was paid for. Let me ask you, do you have that peace? Experience that peace tonight. Enjoy it. Remember that God is in control 
His presence is greater than any of the presents. Our time for today is just about up. But we're so glad you tuned in to Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Tony Neely. Where is your heart this Christmas season? Do you feel exhausted by it all? Or are you energized by the festivities? Wherever you're at listening today, we pray this message brought to mind the truth and the heartbeat of the season, which is Jesus. His peace can impact every moment of your day. So allow Him to guide you this holiday season. Take some time to pause and think about the things you heard today. If there's anything that really spoke to you in this message, we'd love to hear about it. You can send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. To hear any other messages from Pastor Troy, head over to buildingonthesolidrock.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out at buildingonthesolidrock.com how you can join us for worship this weekend. We truly hope that you find hope and rest in Jesus this holiday season. Thanks for listening to this holiday edition of Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come have your way in us.